Welcome back, MTN Giants podcast. So, of course, it's a bye week. We're here on a Monday afternoon, Monday night, answering some questions from you guys in the community page. So, thanks to those who asked. And, um, you know, of course, we'll have the game preview on probably Friday or Saturday. The Giants play on Monday, so we have the extra day to play the Packers. And the Packers look a lot better. You know, we've seen Jordan Love the past two, three games. Looks much better than he did in the first uh, first couple months. So, the Packers are definitely going to be tough. And we'll see what happens on Monday. But anyway, hope you guys enjoy the video. Of course, leave a like. It always helps out. And let's get into it. First question from Sad Giants fan 741 do you think drafting a quarterback would really turn us around in the division? I get scared looking at guys like Bryce Young. Don't you think building depth through the draft and adding key pieces through free agency would help this team more? Uh, it's always an argument, this question of like how how do you build a team? And there's no there's no right or wrong way to do it. I just think that We've tried it the other way. You know, we got our quarterback in 2019, sixth overall, and we tried to build a team around him. And sadly, it hasn't worked. Of course, that comes with some misses through the draft. I mean, the Giants have had a history of not hitting on their first round picks. I mean, aside from Evan Neal and Kayvon Thibodeau, I feel like Giants first round picks in recent years have just not lived up to the hype. I mean, you know, so far, I like what I've seen from Deontay Banks, but it's one year, so we don't know what he's going to be, but so far it looks all right. But you go down to Evan Neal and Kadarius Toney and, you know, Daniel Jones and, you know, Saquon's a running back and who was 2017? What was that pick? Evan Engram, so Eli Apple. Like, the Giants have not drafted as well as they probably should in the first round, but um, I'm always a person that says get the quarterback and figure out the rest. The Giants now have the seventh pick, so they are dropping and, and kind of getting themselves out of that, you know, really good spot for a potential quarterback in this class. They're not going to be in the top two. That pretty much came to an end when they lost to, or when they beat the Patriots a couple weeks back. But um, for me, if they're in a spot where they can get one of the top three guys, maybe four, depends how the Giants look at this, then I still want to go quarterback. I, I think the whole Daniel Jones thing is over with. Um you know, maybe he's back in time for week one next year, but even Joe Shane at his press conference last week talked about having another quarterback on the roster. Didn't really mention Tyrod Taylor going forward. He did bring up Tommy DeVito. And that's an interesting debate in itself is like, who do the, who do the Giants start going forward? Because I know it was announced today that Tyrod Taylor is um, possibly coming off the IR or his IR window open, whatever the hell it is. So there's a chance that Tyrod Taylor's back pretty soon. So do you start Tommy? Do you start Tyrod? I think we all know Tyrod's a better player, but I feel like Tommy DeVito's at least played well enough where you give him a start or two and, and see how it goes the rest of the way maybe. But anyway, uh, for me, it's it's quarterback first. I, I think, as I said, there's, there's both ways to do it. You don't force a quarterback pick. Like if the Giants are picking, let's say, seven, eight, nine, and the top three guys are off the board, that being Caleb Williams, Drake May, Jaden Daniels probably. We'll say all three of those guys are off the board. You don't want to force a pick and say, oh, we need a quarterback. Let's get Bo Nix. Like, that's where you get yourself in trouble. And that's kind of what the Giants did back in 2019. I feel like Gettleman really forced himself to get a quarterback that offseason to kind of take the pressure off himself and, you know, buy some more time as the Giants GM. And, you know, he was there for way too long anyway. But, um... 
I think if a guy is there that they like, you take the, the take the quarterback. You can figure this out later. The Giants' defense is good enough to compete right now. I think we've seen this already. Like, it does scare me that Don Martindale could potentially leave, and the relationship between him and um, Brian Dable is not looking very good right now, according to Jay Glazer and some other reports. But still, I think the defense has enough talent to you know be good enough to compete. It just comes down to can you get a couple more offensive line pieces, one more really good weapon, hopefully, and that should be enough. You know, you don't need every single thing perfect. It's tough to get a San Francisco 49ers type roster or a Philadelphia Eagles type roster. I don't think the Giants are that far off from being like a decent team to get, you know, eight, nine wins next year. So if you get a good quarterback in there, then you don't have to surround him with that much more to be a competent quarterback. So, you know, I I feel like the Giants may have a guy they like. I think there's more questions about that later, so we'll save that. But don't force the pick. But if a quarterback's there they like, I'm all for taking one. And back to that question, I mean, there are examples of quarterbacks going to really bad situations, like just shitty teams, and really turning the franchise around. I mean... Everyone brings up C.J. Stroud. I mean, the Texans were not good whatsoever the past couple years. He comes in there. I think they're 7-5 and five now, like a real shot to make the playoffs now, the Texans. Uh, I'm sure the head coaching change helps with D'Amico Ryans as well, but C.J. Stroud's been, you know, the the heart and soul of that team. Joe Burrow going to the Bengals when they were 2-14 and 14 the year prior. I mean, they were horrible. Um, A.J. Green was, you know, off the team by then. They, they had nothing to work with. And um, Burrow comes in there, of course, gets hurt year one, comes back year two, and they have a magical season, go to the Super Bowl. So, you know, even Trevor Lawrence, it, it took two years once again. That was the worst coaching situation possible with Urban Meyer. But, you know, he was drafted by a bad Jaguars team, and they're in the playoffs in two years. So, like, I know these are special talents. You have to find the right quarterback, which is the main thing, of course. But for me, if, if you get the right quarterback, that can change the entire franchise. I think we know that, of course. You just got to get the quarterback right, which is tough, and I get that. Anyway, Random Ray one says, or asks, Based on what you've seen from DeVito, do you feel comfortable with him being the backup for the Giants next year and not sign a veteran backup quarterback in the offseason? And what are your thoughts on Tom Brady saying the NFL is mediocre? He's not wrong, especially recently we had a 7-9 and NFC East division winner in 2020. That was, of course, the Washington Commanders at the time, or football team. And an 8-9 and NFC South division winner, Tom Brady, did that last year, of course. Um, the Brady comments make a lot of sense. I was a bit surprised. I feel like Brady's kind of like a company guy. I guess now he's retired, so it doesn't matter as much, but kind of surprised Brady said that. But um, yeah, he has a point. I mean, you see, I don't know if this is just a crazy year with all the injuries, but there's been so much just bad quarterback play this year. I mean, I just mentioned Joe Burrow. He's out now. Aaron Rodgers out. You know, even like Anthony Richardson's out. Like, that hurts the product on the field. And, you know, Kenny Pickett got hurt for the Steelers recently. He's out for a few weeks now. Um, Daniel Jones got hurt. Tyrod Taylor. So you see all these examples around the league of good quarterbacks getting hurt. Even Kirk Cousins, right? That's another guy. So I'm probably forgetting some as well. Like, there's so many quarterbacks that are missing this year, and it just makes the product of the NFL so bad. The game on Thursday between the Steelers and Patriots, it is. The over-under is like 30 and a half. I mean, that's like, 
you just can't make it up. That's like the lowest over-under of all time, probably. So, you know, that's going to be bad football. And unfortunately, in that matchup, it's Bailey Zappi versus Mitch Trubisky, two backup quarterbacks. So, you know, it's bad, but there's not much else they can do right now. I think with... um. It's kind of ironic Tom Brady saying this because I feel like Brady's half the reason that guys can't get hit anymore. But you have guys getting fined now for like legal hits, like making good hits. Like Carter Coughlin, I saw, got fined for a good hit on a special teams kickoff play. He got fined like $400,000 for it. And it's like, how is that a fine? Like it's it's a regular hit. So, you know, I think Brady and, and quarterbacks of his stature are kind of the problem because they created this, like, oh, can't touch the quarterback and, oh, can't touch the defenseless receiver. And I get it. Like, sometimes those calls are necessary because guys go a bit overboard. But, you know, they're taking away good hits. Yeah, that's that's the thing. There's, there's legal hits now that are getting called as penalties and guys are getting, like, money stolen from them by the league because they're getting fined for these hits that are really not that bad. So it's kind of bull crap, but... I don't see it getting much better because the league is going to be trending towards player safety and taking less big hits. But that's the thing. Like, they're babying these quarterbacks as much as they can, and, like, half the starting quarterbacks are out. So it's like they're doing all they can, but yet the injuries are still here. And it's, it is what it is. And, you know, even, like, good skill position players are getting hurt. Like, a lot of hamstring injuries this year. Of course, Justin Jefferson comes to mind. Um, you know, the hip drop tackles a often debated thing where it's those tackles where they wrap a guy up and put their body weight on their legs, and sometimes guys' legs get caught under them. That happened with Geno Smith in that Giants game on a Monday night. I forget who tackled Geno, but his ankle got rolled up on, and he was out for uh, the last few minutes of the first half in that game. But even like Ramondre Stevenson, the Patriots running back, that happened to him yesterday. I had him on a fantasy team, did not need that, unfortunately, but um, he's out for a few weeks, probably the rest of the season at this point. So we'll see what the MRI says. But, you know, Tony Pollard had his season ended by that last year. So there's a lot of things like. At what point do you just say let's just play flag football? You know, like there's a there's a really it's there's no answer to it. Unfortunately, I don't know. It's it's hard to eliminate a hip drop tackle because how else are you supposed to tackle these guys at some point? You know, like I don't know how to solve these issues, but I miss the old NFL. Like when I was growing up back in like 2008, 2010, like those type of times when. Yeah, they were still protecting players, but not to this level. Like, now it seems kind of crazy. But anyway, to answer the first part, I'm fine with DeVito as a quarterback three, but not so much as a quarterback two. I feel like it's really because of the defense. I mean, I know the Giants put up 31 in that Washington game, but one of those was a pick six by um, Isaiah Simmons, so it would have been 24 points. And the Giants won the turnover battle six to nothing. If you take the pick six away, it's five to nothing. Okay, but... I mean, Tommy DeVito has been nothing special. He was really bad in the Jets game. He wasn't asked to do much, of course. He wasn't good in the Raiders game for the most part. There was a garbage time touchdown to, I think, Wandale. Um, They scored 10 points versus the Patriots. Like, I don't think he's anything that special. It's more so the Giants' defense has been amazing. Like, that's really what it comes down to. I mean, the Giants' defense was phenomenal in the Washington win. I mentioned the six turnovers, the pick six. They held the Patriots to seven points, like, that's great defense right there. I mean, let's say the Patriots had a competent offense and they scored 20 points on us and we lost the game 20 to 10. People would not have the same feel about Tommy DeVito right now. So I'm not convinced that DeVito is something great. I still think he deserves a couple more starts, but I'm not convinced he's like this great high-end backup quarterback. So 
I would not feel comfortable with him at quarterback two next year. Maybe the Giants like him and he's a good story, but I just don't think he's the best option at quarterback two. I feel like you can do better than that, especially with all the quarterbacks now that are like, you know, bench guys, like uh, even like an Andy Dalton or a, a Jameis Winston. Like there's some high end talented guys that are backup quarterbacks. And I don't want to settle for Tommy DeVito because he's a kid from New Jersey. Like I don't want that to be the case. I want the best possible backup quarterback and backup QB now. It's pretty important. Like you look at even like the Colts, you know, the Colts would have been going nowhere if they had no good backup for Anthony Richardson. I mean, the Jets season's over because they have no backup quarterback. I made a video about the Browns recently giving up um, Josh Dobbs before the year, and that could have really like saved their season. I mean, Joe Flacco looked pretty good yesterday, honestly, but still like having a backup quarterback, especially now is important. So, you know, let's say the Giants are, you know, have Daniel Jones next year or some rookie quarterback and that guy gets hurt, then you're stuck with Tommy DeVito. Do you trust him for, you know, majority of the season to play at a high level? I don't. He still has time to prove himself and maybe I'm underestimating DeVito, but um, when you have better options sitting out there, I would take the better option, but we'll see what happens. They have Tyrod Taylor right now under contract. He is a free agent after the year, so that's a wait and see. But for me, I would prefer a better quarterback, too. Next, from Hank Scorpio, 13. I wonder if Scorpio is a real last name or if that's like one of those like Zodiac sign things. I don't know. Let me know. Anyway, it took me five years, but I'm done with Jones, with the Jones experiment. So Daniel Jones. I'm worried about Mara mandating we stick with him. However, we know Mara is capable of changing his ways. Hiring Joe Shane when he could have hired in-house, changing the turf. Yes, he does sometimes, uh, you know, get pressured by fans to do certain things. That's definitely true about John Mara. Odds he sees the writing on the wall and moves on from Jones. So the odds. All right, I, I'd put a percent, like, here's how I'll say it, right? So Daniel Jones and his contract, there's a very good chance he's back here next year, sadly, right? I feel like the Giants... It literally hurts the Giants more to release Daniel Jones this offseason than just keep him, right? So they're going to have him on the roster next year. But I would say that chances that Daniel Jones is on the Giants roster by 2025, it's probably like 10% or less. I don't see it. I really don't. I'm, I'm not trying to be like, you know, I don't, I'm not being a person that's wishing for this to happen, of course. I mean, look, I've wanted to move on from Jones since freaking the middle of 2020. Like after that, I'm trying to think of the time I was done with Jones completely because 2019, the rookie year, I saw enough there where I was like, all right, let's 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 see what happens. But I think it was the Tampa game in 2020, the COVID year. It was the home game versus Tampa. I think it was a Monday night game, and Jones was atrocious. And Tampa was good. They won the freaking Super Bowl that year, and we lost to them by like two or three points. And Jones was like the one guy who just looked awful and threw some bad interceptions. He was missing open receivers downfield. That, for me, was like the nail in the coffin for Jones. I was like, this guy, this guy's not it. Now, you know, luckily for him, he came in last year, had a great coaching staff, great defense, and they, you know, had nine wins, won a playoff game, and he made um, a ton of money, so good for him. But I just never saw it with him from that point on. But as I said, they're going to have to bring him back next year for sure. The most unofficial way of moving on from Daniel Jones is taking a quarterback in round one this year, because obviously if they do take a quarterback in round one, that's pretty much it. <laughs> like you're not drafting Jaden Daniels at, you know, six overall 
and keeping Daniel Jones for the uh, the future. Like it's not that's not your long term answer, obviously. So, you know, if they take a quarterback in the first round this year, you know it's over for Jones. If they don't take one, sure, maybe he has another chance to prove himself. But it's just so risky off an ACL and two neck injuries. I just have no faith in him lasting a full season. And I think the Giants would be foolish to do it. And I've said this before on Twitter and probably on this podcast as well. I think if the Giants do stick with Jones next year, it's probably going to cost people jobs. Like, let's be honest. I mean, the chances he lasts on the field the entire year with two neck injuries and the ACL recovery, it's very slim, I feel like. You know, I don't want to say that, but it's we have to be realistic here, right? So the chances that Jones lasts an entire season coming off these injuries, it seems pretty minuscule. So if they run it back with Jones, and let's say that, you know, to answer the first question, let's say they make Tommy DeVito the backup, right? So if they bring back Jones, let's say he gets hurt pretty early in the year and they're stuck with Tommy DeVito as the backup. And let's say the DeVito magic runs out, which it probably will at some point, right? Let's say that happens. You're going to have an awful season. It's going to be like a four, five, six win year. And can Brian Dable and Joe Shane survive another one of those years? I do think bringing back Daniel Jones as your only main quarterback option would kind of be like throwing your career away if you're Joe Shane and Brian Dable. I wouldn't do it. I would advise not to do it. If I'm them, I'm bringing in a very high-end backup slash starting guy, someone in like that, once again, like that Jameis Winston tier, someone like that, like someone who's like the 30th best quarterback in the league. You can probably find that guy out there. I'll, I'll look at the free agent quarterbacks at some point during this video. But um, yeah, I would not bring him back as the loan option. I wouldn't bring him back for 2025 at all under any circumstances. The only way I'm bringing back Jones for 2025 is if like he goes out there next year and has like this incredible season off the ACL where he has like 30 touchdowns and uh you know wins a couple of playoff games or you know something like that. They would have to be so out of this world crazy. So, I don't see him be on the roster in 2 years. Next year, yes, so probably I feel like Jones is a guy who could be back for week 1. He seems like that type of guy. He'll work hard. He'll probably heal fast. Like, I, I could see it happening. But as I said before, the Giants would be very smart to bring in a a really good quote-unquote backup quarterback slash, you know, co-starter, if you want to call it, with Daniel Jones. So we'll see what they do. But, you know, I think Daniel Jones' time here is pretty limited at this point. So I looked it up. The uh, top quarterbacks next year, top 10 according to PFF, the free agent quarterbacks are Kirk Cousins, which does not seem realistic. I'm sure he'll go to a... Uh, a team that's a quarterback away, I don't know who that will be. I mean, I was going to say the Browns, but they can't afford him with uh, Deshaun Watson's contract. But Deshaun Watson should be back next year anyway. But anyway, so Kirk Cousins, Josh Dobbs, so two Minnesota Vikings off the top. Ryan Tannehill, who's like 35, 36, he's up there. Jameis Winston, Baker Mayfield, I would love Baker Mayfield. He's my guy, but that would never happen. Gardner Minshew, Tyler Huntley, interesting. I have not heard of Tyler Huntley in like a year, so... That means Lamar Jackson's staying healthy, so that's good. Sam Darnold, Teddy Bridgewater, a couple of former Jets, and Tyrod Taylor. So those are your top 10. For me on that list, it's Baker Mayfield. I feel like he's the perfect stopgap guy. I said that on Twitter like a few weeks ago, and of course I got a lot of bad comments about it. Because like, in reality, it doesn't make much sense to bring in Baker Mayfield next year. But at the same time, it does. If you don't draft a quarterback in the first round, and Jones is coming off the ACL, wouldn't you want to have that guy who you know is going to be out there every single week who's like a stable quarterback option? Like, Baker's having a decent year with the Buccaneers. He's not lighting the world on fire, but Baker's been, like, 
decent. And Mike Evans had another 1,000-yard year with him. Like, he's been fine. So I, I don't think Baker Mayfield comes off as a John Mara type of guy. Like, he kind of has kind of has some, like, Odell Beckham in him in that t- sort of way. Like, he's a bit of a distraction in John Mara's sense. But I like Baker. I, I really do think teammates like him. He shows up. He does his, does his thing. He's been in some uh, not-so-ideal situations in his career, and he's overcame most of it. So I would love to see him here. I love Jameis Winston. That would probably never happen either. Uh, I think Sam Darnold's a guy who may be worth looking into, but he probably likes being a 49er. But if the Giants can guarantee him a starting job to open up the year, maybe he changes his tune and becomes a Giant and plays for another New York team. But maybe even Josh Dobbs. Like, just somebody that can at least start for, like, half the year if needed. Because let's say, worst-case scenario, Jones doesn't come back until, like, when when did Kyler Murray come back? Like, week 10. Like, let's say Jones does not come back until, like, week 10, or maybe not at all. Maybe Jones is held out the entire year. I don't freaking know. But, you know, have somebody that you can at least start for half the year and feel good about it. And I think Baker Mayfield's that perfect guy, but I don't see the Giants looking at it that way. But anyway, next question from the typical homeowner. 6006. All right. Interesting name. Yo, Mike. Hope all is well. It's all good. It's all good. Um, What's the hardcore tank mode by everyone? It seems as though everyone has forgotten what tanking does to teams and typically ends with coaches being fired, talent being cut, losing the locker room, and being set back several years. And I sure don't want that to happen again. So figuring we pick between 5 and 10 and go outside May and Caleb Williams, what quarterback would you be excited about drafting to work with Brian Dable? I mean, the reason for tanking, I feel like I've said this a bajillion times by now, like the Giants have done it the way that you want them to do it the past like seven years where the Giants are bad but they win quote-unquote meaningless games at the end of the year to move down their draft position. I just want it to be like, I love Caleb Williams. I think Caleb Williams would like change the Giants franchise. Unfortunately, there's a very small percent chance it'll happen now unless he like pulls an Eli Manning and forces his way here, which I don't think that's going to happen, so I'm not getting my hopes up. But I wanted the Giants to have that type of opportunity to get the guy they want, not just some guy who fell as the quarterback three or quarterback four consensus. I wanted like one of those top two guys because if they got Caleb or even Drake May, that had the ability to be like a Joe Burrow or like a Trevor Lawrence or like a CJ Stroud and completely change the direction of the franchise. I think Caleb Williams is that good. Um, I don't love Kay- I don't love Drake May as much as Caleb Williams, but like I can see him changing a franchise as well. So. The problem with me and and winning these, once again, quote-unquote meaningless games after starting 2-8, and is that if you win some games like they did versus the Patriots and the Commanders, you play yourself out of drafting a guy that can change the franchise as a starting quarterback. So, I get the arguments for winning. I get why fans don't want to root against the team to win. I completely get all that. I'm not going to say, like, oh, you're stupid. But... We've seen the Giants do this for years, where they start out 1-7, and 2-8, and eight, and then they win some games late in the year and play themselves out of, like, a top pick. Like, it hasn't worked in the past, so I want to try something different. Like, the one time we had a top two pick or a top three pick, we took freaking, you know, a running back, Saquon Barkley, right? We could have had Josh Allen or even Lamar if they traded back or something. Like, you know, the options were there. So, 
for me, I just wanted the Giants to have a top two pick so that there was no excuses not to take a quarterback. Because in all likelihood, they're going to love one of Caleb Williams or Drake May, maybe even both, and they probably would have taken one of those guys. Now if the Giants win some meaningless games, which they already have, and they're picking somewhere from 5 to 10, it gives the Giants an excuse not to take a quarterback, which I can definitely see happening. And that pisses me off because I want this team to turn things around. And the best way to do that, in my opinion, is take the quarterback that can change this team for you. So, you know, you talked about people getting fired and stuff. Like, yeah, people still got fired, right? The Giants won two meaningless games at the end of 2019. Um, the Commanders game, and I think it was Eli's last start, the uh, the Miami Dolphins game, right? So they win two games in December that year, but Pat Shermer still got fired, right? So it didn't matter. And then, of course, Daniel Jones regressed because of that, I think. Um, not I think. I mean, look, Daniel Jones factually regressed after Pat Shermer left, but was Pat Shermer a good head coach? Not really, but I did want him to give, I did want him to get another year. I will be honest. I'm on record of saying that. But for me, whether the Giants had two wins this year or six wins this year, nobody's going to care next year. It's going to be erased from our memories. And if we had Caleb Williams because of it, it would have been much better than what the alternative is. And, you know, it's a draft. Things have to play out. It's a crapshoot, as they say. And I've said this before as well. There's always a chance that the quarterback taken, the, the quarterback five taken in, in a draft can be better than the quarterback one taken in a draft. I mean, back in 2018, I mentioned this before as well. The quarterback five taken in 2018, Lamar Jackson. He might be the best of the bunch. I, I would still take Josh Allen, but you can make the argument that Lamar Jackson's the best of that bunch. So he was the quarterback five. So you never know with these things, right? There's a chance J.J. McCarthy is the best quarterback in this class, or Michael Penix. We don't know. But I wanted Joe Shane to have his pick of the litter and pick the guy he wants, not pick a guy because, oh, the guys he really wanted were taken by the Patriots and taken by the Bears because they sucked more than us. So, you know, this is good for Brian Dable. He probably is not getting fired now. But once again, guys might get fired or let go because Brian Dable apparently is not getting along with uh, Don Martindale. And I think that um, there was a report about um, Kafka not expecting to return next year either. I forget who came out with it, but there was a report that he's not expecting to be retained by the Giants. So the Giants might lose all their coordinators anyway, so it doesn't really matter. But um, anyway, so back to answering the last part of this question. They're picking between 5 and 10. I think the realistic options, if the Giants are picking at five, somewhere from five to ten, and they're going to go quarterback, I think the realistic options are probably Jaden Daniels or J.J. McCarthy. I would lean J.J. McCarthy. Now, right now, I prefer Jaden Daniels personally, but J.J. McCarthy was a guy that I liked in the beginning when I started watching him. Um, I get it. He plays on a good team. He's had some like game manager type moments. I get that. But... McCarthy is a guy who I believe is 20 years old. He has the frame. He's, you know, what, 6'4 and maybe like 210. He has probably put on a bit more weight. But big school. He's a winner. Caucasian. You know, John Mara loves those quarterbacks. So 
I feel like J.J. McCarthy is the type of guy they would go for, especially because he's young. He's 20 years old once again, and they can really, like, groom him into being, like, what they want him to be. Like, Brian Dable was brought here, basically, to groom the next quarterback. I don't think when the Giants hired Brian Dable that the plan was to make Daniel Jones into something great, which he somehow did for a year. It wasn't great. It was decent, but... um, the plan probably all along was for Brian Dable and Joe Shane to get their quarterback and to work that guy into a franchise quarterback. So they may feel that McCarthy, since youth's on his side, that they may take him instead. But if they think Jaden Daniels is more of the finished product and can help them win right away and has a higher ceiling, which he probably does, then they might take Jaden Daniels. You know, I have no idea. But I think McCarthy seems like a Giants type of guy. If I had to guess right now, they probably wouldn't lean J.J. McCarthy. But at the same time, I'm just guessing. So I'm just going off the history of the Giants and what they tend to do in these situations. So, yeah, it sucks that we're not going to get Caleb, probably. But, you know, it is what it is. I can't dwell on it too much. You know, they won these games. I was pissed when it happened. But, you know, we're two weeks off of that now. And it is what it is. The Patriots suck. They're probably not going to win again. They just lost 6 to nothing. I saw this crazy stat the Patriots are the first team since 1938, I believe the year was. It was somewhere around there. First team since 1938 to lose three consecutive games where their defense allowed 10 points or less. I mean, like, how do you even do that, right? So I believe in that Colts game, the one overseas in Germany, um, the Patriots defense was great in that game, but the offense couldn't score. And, of course, Mac Jones had that disgusting interception. Then in their game against the Giants, the Giants only scored 10 points. So that fits the quota as well. Then last game against the Chargers yesterday, the Chargers only had two field goals, so six points. So they lost all three of those games. That's how bad the Patriots offense is. So we're not getting ahead of the Patriots. Um, As I mentioned, the Giants are back down to the seventh overall pick. I still think they can get to like four, maybe three, but, you know, hopefully four. But, um, but yeah, we're not going to be top two, and that's a shame, but... It is what it is. Next from Zohai, Zohaib Salim, 5599. I definitely butchered that, so my apologies. What are your opinions on Aziz Ojolari? He's had some flashes, but overall just can't really stay healthy, it seems. Um, He kind of is going down like the Lorenzo Carter path, unfortunately, where he'll probably finish out his first contract. But I don't think he gets extended. Like, I just don't see it happening. He's missed so many games at this point. And as you mentioned, he's had his flashes of brilliance. He's been great at times. But, you know, this year he's been pretty non-existent in the games he has played. You're going to need that consistency. And I think the Giants probably want someone a bit better across from Kayvon Thibodeau. So I can see them address edge at some point. But for now, they'll probably just let him you know, finish out that rookie uh, rookie deal. He still has a year left after this. He was drafted back in 21, so he has a year left still to prove himself. But even this year, he only has four pressures, and he's missed 42% of his tackles. Like, that's horrible. So he has not played that well. I mean, he's still talented. I can still see a team signing him to, like, a one-year deal to play three, four outside linebacker. Like, that's probably what he's meant to be, of course. So... You know, he'll sign somewhere in the 2025 offseason like Lorenzo Carter did. You know, he signed with the Falcons. So I could see a similar path like that. But it's just a shame. I feel like if he stayed healthy, he'd probably be a good player for this team. But at this point, I've kind of given up on expecting him to be durable. Next from HTO Sport. Do you think Evan Neal should move to right guard? Also, what's your take on Kayvon this year? So it seemed like Shane in the press conference kind of 
gave some confidence that Evan Neal's still a tackle. He mentioned how he went back and watched his Alabama film. I don't know why he would go back two years ago and watch that. But, you know, he still obviously has some confidence he can play right tackle. But at the same time, Shane's not going to mention like, oh, the guy just took seventh overall two years ago, can't play right tackle. Like, that'd be a bad look. So he's not going to say that. But I'm personally going to give it one more year. I would at least. I would give him one more year at right tackle because, like, what other, what other option do you have? Like, is this team really going to take another tackle in the top 10? Like, I, I just – it doesn't make sense to me. And even, like, what if you take another tackle top 10 and you miss out on that guy too? Like, it's going to be a bad look. So it seems like Evan Neal's job to lose next year. But, you know, basically he has four years to, to be a giant. You know, the fifth-year option at this point is probably going to be declined. But he'll have four years at least. So I would give him year three – to play right tackle in 2024. And if it does go bad, then you probably move him to right guard in 2025 and see if that works. Because as I mentioned before, you know, Eric Flowers went to Washington and I think Miami and actually looked okay at guard. So if Evan Neal could be a useful guard, you might as well try it out before letting him go completely. So I would give it one more year at right tackle, but just like the backup quarterback spot, they have to pay attention to the backup right tackle spot. Like the problem with the Giants this year was that their backup tackle was like Matt Parrott coming into the year. And like that's not good enough, obviously. So he's another guy who can't stay healthy anyway. But if on the Giants, you got to make sure that you get a good backup swing tackle. Even Andrew Thomas missed, you know, some time this year at multiple points. So a guy like a, a Mike Remmers or a Cam Fleming. I mean, I'm sure those guys are retired by now, but someone at that level where if you have to bring them in, you know what they're getting, you know what you're getting, and they won't completely tank your offensive line. So if it's up to me, I'm saying give Neil one more season to figure this out. If he doesn't, then so be it. You try him out at guard in 2025. And if he sucks there, then you know, okay, we, we messed up and we got to move on. Uh, for Kayvon... He's looked really good lately, but the problem is being consistent. You know, he'll look great one week and then disappear. Like, he'll look like a top five pick one week, and then he'll be like, did Kayvon play today? So, you know, that's kind of frustrating. He's had some games where he's been invisible, but he's also had games where he's been dominant. So the games he's been invisible this year were both Dallas games, the Raiders game, Arizona, and then somewhat the Miami and Buffalo games. Like, he was decent in those games, but not great. The games where he's looked dominant was against Seattle, both Washington games, New England, and against the Jets, obviously. So he's had his games where he's looked like the fifth overall pick he was supposed to be, and some games where it's like, what does he even do? So you're getting a whole mixed bag there with Kayvon Thibodeau. And it might be like a matchup thing. There might be a certain type of tackle he does better at. You know, maybe one tackle is better with technique. One has a great anchor. Like maybe he's better at getting around those slower tackles because he's more of like a speed rusher at times. So it could be like a matchup thing for Kayvon Thibodeau. But we've seen enough where it's like, you know, it's there. So obviously I think Kayvon at some point is going to put this all together and turn into one of the best pass rushers in the league if he's not there already. It just has to be more consistent. So it's going to happen at some point. I'm pretty confident in that. But it just comes down to being more consistent. But, you know, he's definitely not a bust. He's definitely gotten away from that term at least. But he's been great lately, and hopefully he's more consistent, you know, last six, seven games or so. Next from Timothy Shama Smaha, 2883. 
Assuming the Giants don't get Drake or Caleb, which they probably won't, and with the other quarterbacks in the draft widely believed to need more time to develop to be NFL-level quarterbacks, Jones being untradeable, plus likely not back for Week 1 next year anyway, which I'm still not sure about, um, would they have to consider signing a fourth quarterback or let DeVito have the first few games? Sorry for the long-winded question. I'm not good at reading anyway, so that really threw me for a loop. But, hey, I probably need it. The only thing I read is Twitter or X. Um, anyway, so I think Joe Shane basically told us without telling us that they're going to sign another quarterback. You know, it's, it's going to be either the draft or it's going to be a pretty decent free agent. I read off the list before of guys. I, I mentioned Baker. I mentioned Darnold and Josh Dobbs and all those guys. I can see the Giants going in that direction for sure, especially if they go in the J.J. McCarthy direction, which once again I could see happening, because as I mentioned, he's 20 years old, so I don't think the Giants will throw him out there week one. He'll be 21 next year, but I don't see the Giants throwing him out there week one if he was their quarterback in the draft. So if you drafted an older guy like a, um, a Jaden Daniels or a, a Bo Nix or a Penix, which I don't really see Bo Nix or Penix happening with the Giants, at least I, I don't want that. I like Penix, but I just feel like his injury history, which would just not fit here. I just it, there's something something about like you know you signed Daniel Jones to the big contract that was pretty much up to Joe Shane, we believe. Um, could have been kind of merit influence as well, obviously, but to sign that guy who then tears his ACL and gets the neck injury to then like double down and take Penix, who's like an older prospect and has you know multiple ACL injuries, like it just does not make sense. So. He's also a good pocket passer. He needs time to throw, and the Giants don't offer the best offensive line and environment for that in the first place. So anyway, um, so J.J. McCarthy, once again, would be a good guy to develop and really sit for half his rookie year and then bring him in, which sometimes it doesn't work out like that. Sometimes it does. You know, sometimes the veteran can play so well that the, um, the rookie quarterback, you know, it takes some time to play. It's more rare these days. <clears throat> Excuse me. It's more rare these days, obviously. Like, it's rare to see, like, you know, Patrick Mahomes sat just about his entire rookie year except for the last week. So it's rare to see that. But even, like, Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts didn't play the first, like, I want to say, like, 11 or 12 games of his rookie year. And then, of course, Carson Wentz got so bad to the point where they were like, all right, let's just see what we have here in Jalen Hurts. And, you know, thank God they did for that, you know, for the Eagles standpoint. But um, if I'm the Giants, I would... You know, if if they were to draft J.J. McCarthy, let's say, because he's the example here, um, let's say you draft J.J., I would then sign a Sam Darnold or a Baker Mayfield just to have that guy in there to start the games in September and early October. And if J.J. seems ready by midway through the season or even before that, you can throw him in there for the right matchup and say, all right, let's see if this kid has it. So, you know, getting a good bridge quarterback seems to be a bit of a priority there for Joe Shane. Once again, I don't want DeVito to open up the season next year as a starter. That seems like it's not going to go well. So I would much rather see a, a established backup or low-end starter type quarterback and, and, you know, go from there. But, you know, once again, we'll see what happens. It comes down to what quarterback they're into. But if they were to take, uh, you know, Jaden Daniels or a, a Bo Nix or Penix, I can see those guys starting right away because they are older and, and more like NFL-ready, I feel like. But um, if it is J.J., who's much younger, then they probably sign that veteran backup and give him some necessary time to really learn the playbook and, you know, get used to the NFL speed and all that stuff. So that's where I stand with all this. Next from 
Topher x4. Topher times four. Do you have, uh, do you have but your eye? Did I type that wrong or is that just how you worded the question? Do you have your eye? Let's go with that. Do you have your eye on any non-quarterback draft prospects you'd like to see us pick or even for people to watch out for? I'm in Scotland and don't really have to, don't really pay attention to the draft until the season's over. I'm the same way, by the way. Not from Scotland, but I don't pay attention until the season's over. And only just started watching college ball. Um... So I don't know enough to form my own opinions yet. So, yeah, I'm kind of the same way. I don't really care to watch about, you know, college prospects until the season's over. And then I kind of, like, grind on it, which is probably, like, not the best way to do it. I probably should, like, space it out more, but whatever. Um, but in-season's busy. I try to make Giants content, you know, two times a week. I make my NFL videos. Like, it's, there's you know, come on. It's not a full-time job here. So, anyway. Um, so, guys I've watched so far that are non-quarterbacks, Marvin Harrison Jr., Malik Neighbors, Joe Alt. Alu Fashanu, I think you pronounce it that way, the tackle from Penn State, Brock Bowers, the tight end from Georgia, and Keon Coleman, the wide receiver from Florida State. Those are the guys I watched so far. Um, obviously, Marvin Harrison's a friggin' stud. Like I would take him in a heartbeat, but I feel like unless the Cardinals trade back, he's just a match made in heaven to go to the Cardinals, who probably are going to hold on to Kyler Murray. By the way, the Cardinals won yesterday, so that's kind of good for us, but... I don't know if they're going to pass this or not. But anyway, Malik Neighbors, I could see it. I really could see it with the Giants. He seems like the Giants type of receiver. He's not too, too big. I think, what is he, like 6'1", 6'2", 6'0". He's not like big, though. He's not like an actual X receiver. I'm sure he could be. But a guy who's really good at for the catch, and he's just super athletic. Like, the Giants would probably want a guy like that because the Giants have a lot of those small slot gadget guys like – but the Giants still want guys that make stuff happen after the catch. And I think Malik Neighbors would be that type of guy. You have Joe Alt, who seems like a rock-solid starter. He may not be like Joe Thomas, but like he, he seems like... It seems like the floor is very high. Like the technique is awesome. His anchor is awesome for a guy who's like... What is he? 6'7", six, 6'8"? Six, He's huge. So, you know, an anchor like that for a guy that tall is impressive. So Joe Alt, based on technique and just, you know, looking great in college, obviously... Should be a safe pick, but once again, I don't want the Giants to take a third tackle in the top 10 for, like, you know, three times in five drafts. That'd be pretty insane. Um, Alu Fashanu, I mean, only watch a little bit. You can see the freaky athleticism, and that can definitely work, but I feel like, you know, he probably has a higher ceiling than Joe Alt, but Joe Alt's technique is probably better than Fashanu. But once again, I don't want the Giants to go that route. Brock Bowers interesting he is a freaking monster like the guy is so tough to bring down like it takes multiple tackles to get him down he can make big plays on his own with the ball in his hands um this team does have uh darren waller who might be a good person to learn from maybe like you know obviously not from early in, in waller's career but like Darren Waller at this point has his head on straight and he knows how to play the tight end position at a high level. I feel like bring in Brock Bowers and let him learn under a Darren Waller, probably not the worst idea. I don't love taking a tight end in the top 10. It just seems to like never work out to how it's supposed to. Like to me, it's not as bad as taking a running back in the top 10, but it's up there. It's like one of those positions I just don't want to take that early. Like you think about, I'm trying to think like Kyle Pitts has not worked out at all. I mean, that could be an Arthur Smith problem as well, but yeah, that I think TJ Hawkinson was top 10. Like, you know, he got traded of course, didn't even finish out his rookie deal there, but he's now in Minnesota making plays like, 
if you get the right tight end, like it's kind of worth it. If you if you're guaranteed a Travis Kelsey or a Gronk or someone, like it's worth it. And I think Brock Bowers can be that good. But I don't know. You gotta be really convinced. So I wouldn't hate it, but I still don't think I would do it. Keon Coleman. I just I didn't love him that much, honestly. Like from what I saw, I don't think he's the Giants type of guy. The Giants have so far shown they're not going to go for like the outside X receiver that's a good 50-50 ball type guy. That that's not what they're going after. And Keon Coleman seems like that type of guy. So, you know, he runs decent routes, but I feel like the Giants are not going to go after the guy who's like 6-4 and, you know, can make the big plays on the outside. The Giants have just not gone after that type of receiver. And the one time they had it, which was Kenny Galladay, and he only lasted one game as a starter until he got benched. So, you know, not saying that Keon Coleman is going to be like, you know, as bad as uh, Kenny Galladay on the Giants, but we've seen this coaching staff does not value that kind of receiver. So that's my takeaway with the draft picks. I mean, Brock Bowers is interesting. I think Malik Neighbors fits the team perfectly. And for the tackles, I, I don't want to tackle in round one. That's just that's too many in too short amount of time. Last question from Bark2650. Maybe he's a dog, Bark. What are the biggest needs, in your opinion, besides quarterback? Damn it. Took out the most important one for me. So I've wanted a good backup running back for years. You know, Zach Charbonnet was the guy I wanted. He went way earlier than I thought he would. I thought he'd be a third-round pick. He went in the second round. So that couldn't happen. But, like, a good backup running back in round two, three, four, I would love that. Saquon's career here is not going to last forever. It could be over after this year. I, I doubt it because the Giants love Saquon Barkley. But, um, so that backup running back, I want a wide receiver that can actually be a game-changer. Like, Darius Slayton's okay. Wondell Robinson's been okay. Jalen Hyatt can definitely be something one day, but I want a guy. And if they were to take a position player in the first round, not a quarterback, I would love Malik Neighbors once again. Once again, so that would be a guy possibly. I think tight end. You have to get somebody behind Waller. I mean, Daniel Bellinger's fine, but you know, once again, Brock Bowers. It's it's possible. It's definitely not impossible. So I don't think tight ends like up there, but it's a decent need for me behind Darren Waller, who's often injured. Um, obviously left tackle's fine. Left guard you need, right guard you need. I'm giving Neil one more year, so I'm not going to go after right tackle yet, but if a great one happens to fall in the later rounds or middle rounds, then yeah, all right, you could take him and, you know, have him for depth, but I'm not going to go out of my way to get a right tackle yet. For the defense, you probably need a Leonard Williams replacement, so some, you know, inside defensive lineman. Ashawn Robinson's not a long-term guy here. Um... You know, Nacho's not a long-term guy here. Jihad Ward's probably not a long-term guy here as well, even though he's more of like a defensive end. So, you know, maybe look for Aziz Ojolari's replacement because, you know, after next year, I don't see him being back long-term. I don't think the Giants would do that unless it's for another one-year deal. I can see that being the case, but I don't see the Giants giving Ojolari a multiple-year deal. Um, inside linebacker's been okay. I'm not like that worried about that especially with Micah McFadden stepping up this year and Bobby O'Karake looks amazing. So you have that cornerback, maybe, you know, I think Adoree Jackson, his shelf life here is not going to be very long. Probably could be gone after this year, of course. And I don't know how they feel about Pinnock. You know, maybe you take a, a guy to replace Pinnock or do they see McKinney as a long-term guy here? Like, we'll probably know. Like if they take a safety early in this class, like a free safety, you might know the answer about, 
Xavier McKinney's long-term future here. So that might give it away right there. So I don't think safety is that big of a need. I think Pinnock is okay. He has some great games here and there. But, um, you know, corner's a decent need. Inside linebacker's fine. Probably inside interior defensive lineman, probably to replace Leo. Um, by the way, since Leo's gone to the Seahawks, I think they've lost every game. It's definitely not his fault, but it's kind of funny how that works. Um, anyway, wide receiver, high-end playmaker. Neighbors would be nice, of course. Um, maybe a backup tight end, guards, and a, a good backup running back. That's kind of where I'm at. So they, there's not that much that has to change outside of the quarterback. Like, I really do think this team with an elite quarterback, um, and I get it. They don't grow on trees, of course. But I think if you were to draft McCarthy or Daniels and, like, they're the real deal, this team's going to look a lot better. Like, it's not going to be even close. So, you know. I would love a, a decent guard. I would love a, a couple decent guards, of course, but it's tough to do in one class. So it's got to be a good draft for Joe Shane. You know, Joe Shane's drafts so far have not looked phenomenal. You know, missing on Evan Neal so far has been a big miss. And Wandale, partially it's due to the quarterback play not being good, but he has not lived up to the second-round price tag just yet. Jalen Hyatt has good early returns. Um, John Michael Schmitz hopefully should be fine. Deontay Banks looks fine, but overall the draft classes have not been that impressive, so there is some work to do here. But anyway, that's going to do it for the video. I think that was nine questions, so thank you to those who asked. I hope you liked the answers. Maybe you didn't, but don't ask, I guess. I don't know. But anyway, um, I'll talk to you guys on Friday or Saturday for the Giants-Packers game preview. We'll do the spread picks as well. Um, I probably have an NFL video coming out on Friday, Saturday. I always try to do them at the same time. I don't know why. I probably should space it out, but whatever. So anyway, I hope you guys enjoyed the video, and I'll talk to you guys next time.